Hello, I'm your host, Ayo Abbas, and welcome to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Recovery. If you're not listening to part one of this interview with Daniel Regan and Dave Hendry from Mace, make sure you do before you listen to this one, which is part two. Anyway, here we go. Bye. Moving on to kind of your kind of purpose, and I know you've recently this year you've launched your kind of purpose-led strategy for your business strategy up to 2026. Can you tell us a bit more about how that came about, Danielle? Yeah, sure. So this was part of the redefine um, stage of the, of the of the journey, really. So as I said earlier, there was a small group of us that started getting together every morning as of, as of July, really thinking about what's the future of the of the business look like, and and we'd, we'd been talking kind of pre-lockdown about our purpose and becoming more of a purpose-led organization so it was kind of on the on on certainly on Mark Reynolds the CEO's mind to really do that reflection about you know why we exist kind of beyond you know making a, a profit and and Mark's been really instrumental in driving the responsible business agenda and, and the carbon agenda and you know the Mace Foundation our, our, our charity so he, I think he really wanted to kind of formalise that in, in a way that sort of linked in with the business strategy and, and the vision for the future. So yeah, we went on a we went on a journey and we and we tried really really hard actually to bring our colleagues on the journey as well. So we we started looking at what our purpose um, is as an organisation and we did a lot of we did a lot of engagement, a lot of workshops, a lot of sessions where we got our sort of our, our people to kind of feedback to us about why they work at Mace and what they see as the kind of potential um, for the organisation. Mm. Um, and then from from that process, we actually changed the, the purpose. We started off with one um, and people kind of told us it wasn't ambitious enough and and and, and we listened and, 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 and we changed it. And, um, and then where we ended up with the purpose, which is to redefine the boundaries of ambition and three strategic priorities, um, and a new business strategy, which is, you know, really focused on kind of six main growth sectors. Um, and what is so, so fascinating about this, actually, is I've been involved in three uh, business strategies now at Mace. I've been with the business for 13 years. And the least interesting thing about this business strategy are the numbers, you know. In fact, I would... <laughs> That's I would, a big I would, change. It's massive. And I actually would say if you asked around the business now... I think people would remember the priorities are really landing, particularly our pursuit of sustainable world priority, because yeah. we committed to go net zero carbon last year and we achieved that. Um, and now we've committed to, um, you know, reduce our clients' carbon by a million tons and some, you know, some, you know, increased biodiversity net gain and, you know, some really, really strong, ambitious targets. And our kind of whole workforce has got behind them. But I would say most people, if you said to them, what's the, so what's the financial you know, target for the, the in the business strategy. I, I think most people would struggle to tell you that. Um, whereas I think they would be able to tell you about the purpose and the and the priorities, which is that change is phenomenal. You know that that is you know and, and makes me so happy. You know, it's uh, you know it, it, it's great because as well the business is just it's just matured so much, and that that sense of responsibility that the board has now and the, the want to do the right thing 
you know, to, to people, to the planet, you know, is 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 genuine and 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 you know they're they're putting their you know money where their mouth is with this stuff and 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 you know that's that's just it's just great. It's really really great to see and and also a bit of a gift from a Marcom's point of view because we've got some really fabulous themes to actually talk to sort about of and build. To. Yeah. yeah, and become famous for you know and 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 we've always sort of obviously had annual themes that we we talk about, but now we've got three, four really strong pillars from an external comms point of view that kind of dave builds a sort of thought leadership response around and mm. and that's that's great and it's you know it's and we've actually got an opinion and a point of view and you know huge expertise in the business which is which is which is great you know it's a real it's a real gift um both from an employee engagement perspective and from an external comms perspective just looking at everything danielle just said for, for me something that really stands out is you know we we set ourselves uh, the challenge of, of going and setting a purpose and setting these priorities and we came up with a set you know at a senior leadership level that we took out to the business that weren't finished that were in draft that we were confident enough to go and say this is what we think we're doing come and let us know what you think and we did yeah. i think we we topped out about two thousand bits of feedback we did workshops we did facilitated sessions we did <laughs> surveys you know we got we got we, it was probably the biggest piece of kind of internal discussion and conversation we've had as a business and we totally ripped them up you know and we you know we changed them we changed the number we have we changed the wording the purpose changed entirely and actually i think you know looking back if you'd have if you'd have asked me in pre-covid if we'd have had the confidence and the board would have had the confidence to come out with something that important to six thousand people that wasn't finished yet and ask them to ask them what they thought and then change it you know i think a lot sometimes when people yeah. go out with stuff like that for for ideas and suggestions they're kind of they know where they're going to end up you know it's not really a conversation yeah. it's, it's give us a stamp and tell us we're doing the right thing and in this case it was you know what you're not and we went back and we changed it and i think that's a really you know i think as a result from conversations i've had people people buy into it a lot more because they know what it was before and they know that they influenced it and they know that as a result you know we set we just set the ambitions higher people said yeah. the, i can't remember what the initial one was now i think but but the people said this isn't the company i think i worked for this isn't the company that built the shard this is this is ambition levels down here we want to be up here and that that gave us a mandate to go and change it and to go and push for something <laughs> a bit bolder and I, you know, in that, that moment, we realised that we were able to get that level of boldness and then we'd have to deliver everything, the comms campaign around it to make that real. That's really exciting. <laughs> That's a hell of a mandate. It's a bit, a bit unnerving. There was, some, there was some, you know, some time in January where we were working pretty hard to make that a reality, but it, it yeah. has made a big impact. No, it's great that you kind of went, to, actually you consulted on that level and you listened, which I think is the key thing, right? Um You've completely built your home post. I was looking at it earlier around your business strategy, right? It's completely different than what it was before, mm -hmm. isn't it? So it's a lot more, because yeah. I was looking and I was like, this isn't like a normal homepage. So kind of what was the thinking behind that, Dave? Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was a, a, a team effort really, but I think what, what it, what it shows, you know, the, the launch of our purpose priorities and your business strategy was we wanted it to be seen as a fundamentally you know, change-making moment for the business. This is this wasn't the same business, you know, that it was before. We're doing something really different, and particularly those three core priorities. We yeah. think um, pursue a sustainable world, grow together, deliver distinctive value. That 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 shapes everything we do, and so actually we should use that as a as a mechanism to to, to promote ourselves and to share ourselves and to structure how we talk about ourselves. So yeah. purpose front and center. And and who knows, you know, that it'll always be front and centre. Will it always be quite so front and centre of the promo of, of, of the promo and the web stuff? Maybe not. Maybe as it becomes embedded, it it will shift. But yeah. those three priorities 
absolutely say this is who we are and this is what we're doing and this is why either you know either you should come and work with us or you should come and work for us or consider us your project and I, I think that's where that thinking is and that's you know that gives us a reason to structure stuff in the way that we have and gave us a kind of a push to redesign the front of the website which I don't think would have happened without the new strategy. And we and we also what what's quite interesting about the purpose and priorities launch is it gave us the opportunity as well to to relook at the brand and kind of refresh mm. the brand because I think that you know it all kind of comes back to this benchmarking everything about are we being as ambitious as we could be here yeah. and I think that's the sort of that's the sort of fundamental of the purpose really you know we've always been a business that kind of pursued a better way and, and looked for a better way of doing things and doing things others say can't be done so you know the purpose is built on our legacy but it, it's it's looking to the future rather than um more than anything else and it's kind of it's kind of taking it broader than just kind of doing things on a project level that others said couldn't be done yeah um and I think that we then looked at our brand and thought actually we you know this could be more ambitious this could be updated and refreshed and and kind of re-energized so it that was another really nice thing about kind of doing the purpose stuff is it sort of gave us permission to really reflect on our brand and and as a result we've updated our kind of messaging our tone of voice our look and feel the whole sort of visual identity and and that's now been um, reflected in our new office environment so all of our offices have been updated that with that refreshed branding um and across all of our assets really so yeah yeah, and the the website you know because we do a lot more we drive a lot more people to the website now so we've had a something like a 70 percent uplift in visitors this year compared to the same period last year um and um you know and, and actually international visitors as well we've seen a huge increase in visitors from the u.s for for, for example and yep. a huge increase in visitors to sort of responsible business pages and sustainability pages and looking at those search terms and looking at what people are kind of coming to us for is really interesting and in 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 light of the new strategy i feel like we are more people are coming to us for things like sustainability and, and, and you know advice on reducing carbon um, because we are hopefully being seen as more of a kind of leader in in, in, in that, that area. Field. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, how do you kind of feed back to the business on the importance of the website? I mean, do they come to you now with, with what, you know, we want to be on it, what's going on there or, or how is all of that now kind of working on a practical day-to-day, Dave? Um, well, it's more of a question for Danielle, really. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's interesting. We're just about to upgrade to um, to the to the cloud and, and upgrade to the latest uh, Sitecore, um, which I, I've got no idea what number Sitecore it is. But um, anyway, the, 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 whatever, the, whatever, the, whatever the late, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but um, which is going to be interesting because that's going to allow a lot more sort of personalization. Um, which is which is which is which is going to be great. But already, you know, the website. I think mainly the perspective section is the bit that's really sort of quite. Um, it, it, we we change that on all sort of. Yeah, every few days we produce yeah. kind of new thought leadership content and 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 kind of that keeps it really fresh and, and, and up to date. And our business partners work really closely with their business units on kind of, you know, what's going on in their sectors, what's going on in their industries, what are the kind of key themes. And and we produce a lot of sort of thought leadership that goes on our website 
on a sort of weekly weekly basis. And then we do a lot of really targeted campaigns, uh, driving people to that to that content as well. Um, and then we do, you know, then we've got um, a Power BI dashboard that's kind of all of our marketing data kind of gets sucked into um, that we can look at by client or by campaign or by individual yeah. or, you know, so, so yeah. And then the business partners work with the business to sort of say, right, do we need to do any follow-up and, you know, what conversations do we need to have on the back of this and, you know, what's performing well, what isn't performing well, you know. And um, so, you know, we're, we're certainly getting a lot more sort of, I would say more, targeted um with a lot of our content um on, on, on the website um yeah. for business part to point of view so we've got our kind of four main themes from a corporate perspective we we, we we talk a lot about and then really quite targeted from a from a sector point of view and and, and then we're also now utilizing a lot more sort of digital advertising digital marketing um techniques and tactics as well to sort of drive traffic um to the website so you know LinkedIn campaign manager, Google ads, um, you know, you know, all sorts of sponsored content, you know, um, yeah. PPC, etc. So, you know, yeah. So there's, there's a lot going on to try and drive traffic, but to drive traffic, you know, generate awareness, but also obviously clearly to capture leads and, and Intel as well. So yeah, a lot, a lot going on in, in, in that space at the moment. So did you move a lot of your kind of, I guess, physical event spend on that onto the digital platform? Was it a kind of, like a switch like that or I guess in the past year is that is that what you've done or would that have happened anyway in terms of the digital yeah it's a good question I mean we we predominantly we've done a lot of virtual events I think we did something like 150 virtual events last year um wow. they were predominantly internal as Dave said that real drive to keep the, the business engaged and updated and knowledge share um you know all around our purpose and priorities uh, but then external as well um we didn't invest in an event platform um i know yeah. some some organizations have, have invested in um sort of i think it's on 24 and 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 other kinds of like yeah. platforms you know but we we didn't we used the microsoft uh, either live events or or teams or we've used or we've used zoom um because predominantly the external events have been kind of I guess round tables, um, yeah. what well, intimate client events. We've got one today with um, with Ed Gillespie, who's the future naught, uh, who works with John Richardson, all about kind of um, uh, on the back of London Climate Action Week. Um, so you know, you might have kind of forty clients sort of dialing. So it's more focused rather than a big. It's more event. focused, yeah. We've we've done more for our kind of strategic clients. So that's a community. So we we've got a kind of about fifty strategic clients that um, we've got really long standing relationships with, um, and you know, part of our approach during COVID as well was about really trying to how can we support that. That, that client base and Dave launched a thought leadership series which was to sort of really kind of support our clients through those kind of challenging times and, and then we did events as well and, and that was really trying to bring that community together um, yeah. what can we learn from each other um, so we did a piece of research quite early doors where we sat down and spoke to our strategic clients about the kind of impact of COVID on their business in the short term what they thought the long term looked like where were their challenges what opportunities did they see and then then we tried to kind of aggregate that data and share that amongst our kind of you know obviously not not citing any names or organizations but just <laughs> trying to sort yeah. of show just trying to show just knowledge share because that's what a lot of our clients ask us for you know they want to know how others other organizations or our other sectors are handling things and yeah. um, and yeah. we really tried to be that facilitator of that 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 knowledge share and those lessons those lessons learned um 
And yeah, so from an event point of view, a lot of it is about bringing that community of our strategic clients together and helping them, you know, not just hear from us, but hear from each other and, um, mm. you know, tackle some of those big problems that they're all facing, you know. So today's on climate change is, you know, is exactly that, you know, what's what's this client doing? What's that client doing? How can yeah. they kind of help each other with these sort of shared challenges? And and I think a lot of the, a lot of the value there is, is you know, it, it was it feels a long time ago now but actually we we, we mentioned earlier uh, before we started talking about zoom fatigue but it, it set in pretty quickly last year <laughs> you know oh everybody a lot of organizations understandably switched to a strategy of these kind of loads of really big audience one-to-many come and come and join a you know an audience of 200 as we sit and tell you about what we think COVID's going to do to x industry or, or this sector <laughs> and and actually the, the thing is is that the real you had you had to show real value you had to get you know to, to yeah. really make an impact and to get somebody to remember you know you're not having them around your office for breakfast a, a, a pan of chocolate a cup of coffee and an interesting conversation they just sat at their desk so you've got to show them something interesting and actually I think the, the smaller model the strategic client network which Danielle launched last year actually you know, it's all about senior access. It's all about having a really high level conversation with a really high quality guest. You actually get to be involved and engaged and it's not you're not just being talked at, I think was was so much more impactful than some of the more generic kind of turn yeah. up and listen to somebody talk about the future of the workplace with 250 people on the call who, who all come from different places, none of whom really get a chance to be involved or engaged in the conversation. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. Smaller definitely. And I think as well, it's about finding your where you can really add value. Because let's be honest, none of us really know what none of us really knew what COVID was. You know, we did. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> how we navigate this new world. But actually, there are some areas of expertise that we really do have where we can really add value. So it was it was about you know it's that balance of kind of not jumping on that kind of COVID thought leadership bandwagon and really trying to pick the topic where we could really help our clients. So whether that was around returning to full productivity on site, whether it was around a safe return to the office because of our FM kind of capability yeah. or, you know, it, it was just trying to find where, where we can really add value um to, to, and, to our and not just and not just add to the to the hurricane to the noise. Of noise yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's no noise um, what do you mean but i have to admit yeah. that but, but i mean I think, but i i think internally though there's a really interesting thing where we're actually you know we did we did low volume high target high value external engagement and actually internally we did high volume loads of loads of virtual events and that is about keeping that culture people aren't seeing everybody every day you do need to have repeated touch points outside of people's immediate teams so that they get to know what's going yeah. on they get to you know they get all that face time and actually what's interesting as a challenge now is that one of the things that came out that we, we used to do a session i, I presume we, we we did it when you were at mace i called breakfast with the board where we'd get yeah you know, i remember 15, that. 20 people <laughs> in in a room with our chief exec nice breakfast bacon sandwiches come and have a chat and we moved that virtual and moving that virtual is one of the best things we've ever done because suddenly it wasn't just people that could get to London at 8.30 on a Tuesday morning. It oh, was good everybody around though. the world. Good sandwiches, great sandwiches. <laughs> we, we used to, team used to get the leftovers. So, you know, that's the sausage sandwiches. So good. We actually did it so we could carry down a tray of sausage sandwiches afterwards. But, but actually doing it virtually, you know, suddenly you're having our chief exec and our CFO in a room with, with people from 14 different countries. 
yeah. and people who are working most in those different capacities. And I had a couple of conversations with people in our, you know, we've got a very small office in Singapore, for example. And one of the team members there said, I've, I've never really felt like part of the wider Mace group until now. But now now I've got the same access that somebody in London does. Now I'm on equal terms and I get to go to the events just the same as they do. And I get to turn up to yeah. everything. And actually, there's some there's a really big challenge, I think. That I don't think many people have got their head around yet in big corporates about how you unpick that. Because actually, as you it's move really back hard, to yeah. hybrid, you've got, to, you know, the hybrid experience can't just be a camera in the back of the room that somebody can dial into anymore because they want to be an equal participant. They want to be able to ask questions. They want to be able to engage the speakers. They're not just passively there, whereas people in, in HQ are, are, yeah. are a different status. And actually, that's, you know, I haven't yet seen an event platform or, or internal tech that really delivers that properly. And I think there's a little way to go. Yeah. as we get back to our new ways of working about how you manage I that think that's the big I think you've hit on the big gap I think that's the thing is the hybrid hybrid technology and making that experience work for both parties I think that's the big gap and I, you're right there is nothing that covers that at the moment and I think that's, so, yeah to, to actually way, make it feel that you know you're both you're both as valued that's hard and it, the only yeah and it's interesting so I always think about um a football match from a hybrid point of view because you get a very different experience watching it on TV mm. than you do in the in the stadium. But actually it's an equally entertaining maybe it's not as atmospheric, you know, but you get the <laughs> you get the pundits and you get the the sort of visuals on the screen and you get the kind of commentary and you get which obviously you don't get in the stadium. But effectively you kind of run in, if you think about that on an event perspective, you kind of run into yeah. two events in 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 tandem. We've got our first proper hybrid event in September where we're bringing all of our leadership together uh for the first time all being well touch wood. Um and you know we're really sort of looking at that at the moment, thinking, well you know, you you've got to run two yeah. two events here. You can't just, as Dave says, stick a camera in the back of the room and, and, and then like the microphone. You might engaged. hear them, you might not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a really interesting. It's an, it's another interesting challenge, isn't it? You know, but um, yeah. If you've got any advice on that one, let us know. No, because, that's, uh, yeah. I just think there's going to be some prop tech companies out there who come up with this stuff who are going to make or events. You know what I mean? Because like, there isn't anything. And I think it's how do you, yeah, like you say, how do you create those two different types of experiences so you both feel valued and, and, and get the same type, you know, come away feeling that, you know, I was really there. And, and it's really important at the moment because we're trying to embed this new, you know, the interesting thing about the strategy and purpose is it's not just right, launch, done. You know, actually the hard work is in now is embedding yeah. this stuff and actually getting people to to really stand behind it. And, and But most importantly for me, see their role in it. So, you know, we're doing all sorts of things internally at the moment to try and help that embedment and support, make sure that everything that we do ladders back to that kind of purpose. So whether it's, you know, operationally, you know, things like our recruitment process or our appraisal process or, um, you know, how we sort of reward and recognise um, colleagues or, you know, all that kind of how we embed it into the project processes. You know, there's all that kind of kind of processy stuff mm. and laddering the purpose back. Uh, laddering everything back to the purpose but also the sort of another really important one for me is helping individuals see their role in delivering the, the purpose so we're doing some uh, find your why series at the moment as well which is kind of helping people to uncover their personal purpose yeah. but then also see their make that connection that kind of golden thread between the maze purpose and their own purpose and how and where they you can, fit into it yeah. yeah where you fit into it yeah and, and how you can kind of bring some of your passion from your private life into into the into the workplace because um there's so many 
things that we're trying to achieve as a business at the moment that we're being super ambitious about and and I feel like it's kind of there's something for everyone yeah. you know whereas some organizations purpose is very clear you know if you're a Patagonia it's, it's all about sustainability and, and and that's great if you're like a massive sustainability kind of champion mm. Mace's purpose is slightly is not as specific but that's done on purpose because actually you know we want it to we want everyone to think about where and how they're ambitious and apply that in their in their role at work so whether it's that they're really passionate about you know creating a, a great culture whether it's that they're passionate about sustainability or diversity and inclusion or innovation and technology yeah. um, or creating safe spaces you know um it, which is you know part of our enabled network which is our disability network are, are really looking at how you create safe spaces physical safe spaces for people through the design process mm. you know that is all kind of sits under our our purpose because it's about you know being as ambitious as possible in everything that we in everything that we do so yeah for for us that embedment is really really important so kind of you know getting our leaders on board with that first and foremost um is super super important so the last thing you want to do is kind of create that you know us and them in the room sort of environment where <laughs> you know if you're in the room you know at an event you sort of really get it and if you're not you just think up oh, you know. <laughs> yeah and, I, and that's the thing isn't it I think yeah events are gonna have to change and but it's quite an exciting time I think because I think yeah because the kind of interactive element the you know the virtual element actually getting that done it means you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck from your events overall and, and value from them but it, but you're right to get them right in the first place hybrid is is going to take a lot of work and and I think and I think the problem is is the one thing that's really hard to do is that networking piece. Yeah. And that 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 kind of post event or you know post event drink or pre event coffee. Yeah. You know we've we've tried as I'm sure a lot of people have kind of can you make that work on a virtual event and stick people in rooms afterwards and it's just it just doesn't like it's just not you know you might you might get a slightly interesting conversation out of it if you're lucky but you're not you don't feel comfortable you're not having a nice time you're not sat there you know drinking warm white wine and having an interesting chat with somebody you never would have talked to before you're, you're just sat there trying to work out what to say to a face on a screen that you've never met before and it just doesn't so I think there is you know finding that finding what is the benefit you give virtual people that replaces that networking that isn't yeah. networking because that doesn't work is is just a, an industry-wide collective challenge that as soon as anybody works it out and smashes it we'll all be immediately <laughs> copying what they're doing because it's such a difficult thing yeah. to achieve. advice to your listeners don't host really awkward virtual networking sessions oh my god we tried yeah. it and it we tried it and it, 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 yeah. it, it. but i think but, but at least you tried it i mean it's kind of funny because i did a couple of presenting things and like at the end of the year one of them was for reba and i remember like afterwards i had it was such a huge come down because normally i've just presented for an hour normally i'd be talking to somebody going hi watching you know afterwards but then it's like i just switched off my camera and yeah, then and you're, yeah. Like, did that go well? Did that go well? Did people like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, so but, but weird. I, but I think that lack of feedback thing is a really big issue as well. Because you know, huge. we're looking at it now. We we do these big set piece pieces with our leadership to our to all staff, and actually not having that audience there, not have you know, suddenly the only feedback route you get, you get your survey, you get you know the live questions that come in but but all of that stuff gives people you know it's not the same as the chief exec being able to sit in a room afterwards and have a drink with people and judge how it went down and what what yeah. went well and what didn't and actually that kind of self-limiting thing i think is leaders are more reliant than people realize they need to be able to to do the big speech and then they need to be able to go and talk to 15 people and understand 
how it landed how does that land and if you don't have that you're kind of just speaking into a void and yeah. actually i think that, that one of the you know one of the things of hybrid is is just getting that audience feedback loop there again just getting yeah. that that crowd of faces and that that ability to play off people's energy and you know do all that stuff actually improves both hybrid and virtual so it's, it's quite complicated yeah it's so so complicated and it's one of those things where i'm like hmm you've got to figure out how to do this because you're right it's yeah Online's great in many ways, but yeah, that that is the one thing where I was like, it just feels weird. <laughs> anyway, so moving on from events, I'm going to go on to my final question. So what one tip would you give to a business leader about kind of how to take their business forward in the coming year as we head, I guess, more into recovery as we are going for it at the moment? I'm going to kick that one off with you, Dave. I, I it's, it's a really interesting question. I, I think from what... From what we've seen, and I know we've spoken a lot about purpose and, and openness and transparency, but I think that one of the things, you know, we we did we we had to make some difficult decisions as a business last year, and now we're making some really positive and proactive and energised decisions about what the future looks like. Yeah. One of the reasons we've been able to do both those things really effectively is I think, and, and I would think this because I'm, I'm head of comms and I have an ownership of it, but I think we have kept people engaged and we have kept people on our side and, in, and kind of with us as we've gone through this by being sincere by being authentic by being transparent by having a a person at the top who's prepared to go out in front of an audience and take loads of questions and talk about why he's doing something and admit mistakes and i think that 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 kind of sincerity which is kind of tied to being a purpose of business i think is really key yeah and i think as you know one of the things danielle said kind of covid has fast forwarded everything and i think that's really true one of the things i think it's particularly fast forwarded is people's need to to kind of have that sincerity and and authenticity from their leadership in a business and i think that, that if you can do that well and and do it believably people will people will follow you and they will take your ambitions on board and they'll go out and they'll do really challenging things or they'll you know and and if you can't do it and everything falls flat and nobody believes what you're saying then it will just fall apart so i think that that for me is you know sincerity is absolutely key and that that sense of authenticity fantastic sincerity and authenticity i can't even say it but anyway on to you on to you danielle what's your one tip <laughs> i guess you know i think as the market starts to sort of move into recovery i think that the war for talent is is going to get even mm-hmm. tougher and 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 i think you know now if, if if organizations haven't done this sort of during covid then i think you know really starting to do a bit of soul searching um and and for us it was starting with the why you know People don't buy what you do; they buy why you buy why you do it. You know the whole Simon Sinek um, famous famous quote, and that's equally true for employees as well. You know, employees these days want to work for a purpose-driven business. They want to work for a responsible business. Um, yeah. So I think you know, do, taking the time to really think about your why, um, and and so I think that's one thing. And then after you know, after that, I think from a marketing point of view. I think, you know, look at look at your data. I think focus is really key. If, you know, if you've got a relatively small Marcoms team, you need to understand where Marcoms effort is is most effective. And there's no excuse anymore that everything now is, is digital and you can get, you know, data at the touch of a button. So, you know, really, you know, yeah. use that, interrogate it and use that to sort of formulate your kind of decision making and your strategies going forward. Thank you both for your tips and for coming onto the show. And we are done. Thanks for having us. Thank you. That was really fun. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Recovery. And I'm your host, Iowa Bass. 
If you want to find out more about the bi-weekly show, do check out the show notes, which will give you more information about who the guests are and all the things we've covered. Uh, and if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on an episode. Until next time. Bye. Bye.